Well, good morning, everybody. Oh, that was a little loud. We're glad that you're here with us today, whether you're in the room or whether you're uh, joining us online. Uh, thank you for coming to worship with us on this freezing cold Valentine's Day morning. Uh, hopefully you've all uh, either had someone give you chocolate or you bought yourself some chocolate uh, to help yourself get started today. Uh, we like to begin with this greeting that Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We do believe that the Lord is present with us when we gather together to worship him, whether we're gathered in the room or whether we're gathered on our screens. Uh, Jesus meets us where we are by his Holy Spirit right now, today. Let's pray. God, your faithfulness is great. Your faithful love that you have shown us down through the ages. <laughs> I mean, we can look back at human history. We can look back at the scriptures and we can see time after time after time the ways that you have been faithful to your promises, faithful to those who love you, faithful to love us even when we haven't loved you, God. We can look back at our own histories, back at our own lives, and we can see the ways that you have been faithful to us. Thank you, God. Thank you for your faithful love. It is more than we could ever imagine, more than we could ever express. <laughs> we could sing of your love forever, God. Thank you. Thank you today for this great love that you have for us that isn't just some fuzzy emotion. I mean, this isn't just some words that we say or words that you have said toward us, but God, you have demonstrated your love for us time and time again by the ways that you have cared for us, the ways that you have forgiven us, the ways you have provided for us, most concretely, God, most definitively, showing us your love in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Today, God, wherever we, wherever we are, wherever we might be, like emotionally or, or just in any other aspect of life, wherever we find ourselves today, God, would you help us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you meet us where we are? I mean, that's what you did in Jesus. You came to us. You didn't just shout from a distance that you loved us. But you came to us to demonstrate that love up close and personal, right in the messiness of real life. So today, God, in the middle of the mess that we live in, would you help us to experience your love? Would you help us to see your love displayed once more? Would you help us to know it deep down that we are loved by you? And would you so transform us by this love, God, that we will find ourselves able to love the people around us. Thank you, God. Thank you for getting us to this time, uh, this, this worship moment that we have where we get to gather all of our stuff, all of our emotions, all of our experiences, everything that we carry with us. We get to gather it all up and offer it to you because you're the God who can heal what is hurting. You are the God who can comfort us. You are the God who can strengthen us. You're the God who can give us wisdom and freedom and peace. Thank you, God. Again, help us to experience your love, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. 
Thank you. Uh, since we can't walk around and shake hands and hug and everything, at least take a look someone's way and uh, give them a little peace sign or a wave or a something. And uh, peace to all of you who are watching with us online right now. We are so glad that you decided to join us today, whether you're watching with us live at 9 a.m. or whether you are uh, watching it much, much later. Uh, we're glad that you're with us. And uh, yeah, go ahead and have a seat. And uh, thank you once again. Uh, to the Svelbar family for leading us musically today. We are so grateful for the, you, your willingness to offer your gifts to all of us and uh, to brave the cold and everything else. Man, um, that's, I, I know I put on Facebook that uh, today being Valentine's Sunday that like this might be a good day to like, you know, curl up on the couch with some hot chocolate and participate from home. And, and I think some people took us up on that. And, uh, but thank you for being willing to, to brave the cold and the weather just to come out this morning. I'm glad the roads weren't worse than they, than they could have been. Um, I'd, I'd been afraid that it was going to be really, really bad. I'm, I'm glad it's not. Um, we would love to know that you're with us, especially those of you who I can't see who are, are participating online. If you can go to livinghope.info slash connect and fill out that little digital connect card and just say, hey, or let us know we can pray for you or something, uh, we would love to know that you're with us today. And, uh, and of course, any of you in the room, feel free to do the same, or you can grab one of those little green cards back there by the offering box, jot a note on it uh, there to us, uh, how we can pray for you, thank God with you, tell us a joke, your favorite Valentine's Day limerick, I don't know, and, uh, and drop it in the offering box. And um, we would just love to, to hear from you and especially to be able to connect with those of you that we can't see in the room and smile at and, uh, and know that you're okay. Uh, so go to that livinghope.info slash connect. Let us know. Uh, thank you to all of you who are giving. If you're in the room, obviously, you can drop something in the offering box in the back. Uh, if you're giving online today, you can go to livinghope.info slash give. You can give that way. And... Um, and then also, we are, we're continuing this little uh, daily prayer experiment. Uh, there's always information about it at our website, livinghope.info slash pray. But uh, you can find it basically in all the same places that if you're watching right now, uh, wherever you're watching, you can just tune in every day and, uh, and catch a video. Uh, it's just a little reflection and prayer. And several of you have uh, told me you found that helpful. And, and what's fun for me, frankly, is to see some of you share it. And then to see your friends, like, appreciate that or whatever. To see that it's helping other people. Uh, I'll just say as a pastor, as someone who puts time and energy into whether those daily prayer videos or Sunday mornings or whatever, it's always good to know that it didn't just, like, stop there, you know? It's always good to see that, like, we're giving you something you're able to share with a friend, something that you're able to then turn around and use that is encouraging someone else, uh, that's helping someone else to connect with the God who loves them. So, anyway, uh, those are all out there. I do hope that if you're in the room that you will grab one of those little, uh, if you haven't already, one of those little... Um, Lent devotional books, Sacred Invitation it's called, because this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, begins the season of Lent. Now we're not going to have a service here, we're not going to put ashes on your forehead and all that. Feel free to do that at home if you'd like. Uh, put ashes on your own forehead, I guess. It's a, it's a reminder of our mortality, and the season of Lent is this time when we remember, well, what we just prayed a moment ago, that Jesus meets us in our humanity, in our limitations, in our humanness, in our brokenness. It's a time for us to be aware of all of that. And so that's a lot of times people will fast, they'll give something up, something that throughout this season that leads us to Easter on April 4th this year, something that during that time when you feel the pull of that thing, whether it's a meal that you're skipping or whether it's a, you know, something you're giving up, when you feel your body drawn toward that thing, some of you give up like social media, some of you give up chocolate, some of you give up all kinds of different things. When that thing tugs at you, it's this reminder like, oh yeah, and just like I'm feeling a desire for that thing, uh, I need to feel a desire for God, for the God who made me, for the God who loves me. You know, we're reminded that Jesus in the wilderness uh, said, look, we don't, human beings don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That it's God speaking to us, that, that feeds us, that 
We need to connect. We're, we're created to connect with our Heavenly Father, with the God who loves us. So this can be a beautiful season of that, of uh, rediscovering that need, of feeling it uh, afresh. And so however you decide you want to experience that, we think these little devotional books will help. This sacred invitation, this invitation into this time, um, this season of preparation for the great miracle of Easter, God's victory of, of life over death. Um, but today, we're not quite in Lent yet. Today's Valentine's Sunday, which doesn't happen very often. Um, it was actually, uh, oh, I guess I do have one more announcement, but uh, it was when Valentine's Day was a Sunday a few years ago that we started collecting bras for Free the Girls. We thought Valentine's Day, you know, if, uh, if you're buying yourself a new bra and you got an old one, you're like, you can donate the old one. Don't just toss it out, you know, donate it to this, this ministry called Free the Girls that um, they send them overseas to women who are escaping from sex slavery. Some of them are trafficked. Some of them uh, just got ensnared in prostitution. And as these women escape from that, they need income. And so one thing that this ministry does, it partners with those like halfway houses and those ministries there in those other countries and ships these um, used bras that they can then sell on the used clothing market. Uh, because it's women's clothing, that provides them with a little bit of safety because they're interacting just with other women in those situations. And obviously, coming out of what they've experienced, uh, having to interact with men out in the marketplace is a challenge. And uh, so this gives them a way to begin to reestablish themselves financially, and all because of a bra that you weren't wearing anymore or that you swiped from some, you know, somebody else in your household's drawer when they weren't looking or however it is that you get them. Please don't steal from each other. To, but anyway, uh, and if you don't wear bras uh, like I don't, uh, you can always donate financially. You can always just give something. And uh, we don't have a special thing set up for Free the Girls on our website, but you can go to freethegirls.org. There's a donate button. You can make a donation directly to them uh, financially. And that helps them pay to ship those things and pays for other programs and things they do besides the, the whole bra collection thing. But I'd kind of forgotten about that. It was when Valentine's Day was on a Sunday a few years ago that we said, oh, that would be an appropriate time to like collect those bras. I'd been hearing about it for a while because a colleague of mine up in Chesterton, a uh, pastor up there, he's, he was on their board. Actually, I think he's like part-time working for them now. And uh, so he had been talking about this fantastic ministry and the good that it does around the world. And so we were wanting to get involved. In, and so now every February, we just say, hey, we're collecting bras. Tell your friends you want their bras. Tell them you're bringing it to church. And uh, that'll start an interesting conversation. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing. All right. Uh, what is, uh, what is love, I guess, is the question on our minds, right, on Valentine's Day? Um, maybe don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more. Okay, I had to say it, or it won't leave my head. Um, love is, uh, I mean, according to the Bible, love is God's essential characteristic. It's who God is. God is love, the Bible says repeatedly. It is the most important commandment that Jesus ever gave us, is to love God with all that we are, love our neighbors as ourselves. It's to be the defining characteristic of a follower of Jesus. It's to be love. That's what Jesus said. Everyone will know you're my disciples if you Love each other. Love is central to the Christian faith. Of all the concepts that you could say are central to who God is, of, uh, to who Christian faith is, love is it. Love is at the center. Of all the things we could possibly say about God, we can never leave out the, the, the central aspect of God's love for us, God's love that, that he wants to fill our hearts with so that we can love others. It's the most famous verse in the whole Bible, right? John 3, 16. I could probably, if I, I could probably just put the microphone down and you could all just say it real loud and the people online could hear you, but uh, I'll, I'll read it instead because one time when I tried to do it from memory in front of people, it like totally left my brain. So I, I wrote it down. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, right? John 3, 16. It's all about God's love and that this is what motivated God to give us his son Jesus. 
what motivated Jesus to come and to die on the cross for our sins and to conquer sin and death by his resurrection, to set us free. Love is at the center of who God is. We can't talk about God without talking about love. We can't talk about Jesus without talking about love. We can't talk about following Jesus and how we should live in the world without talking about love. Man, when we talk about love, it's such a mess. I mean, what on earth do we mean by that? Because, you know, especially Valentine's Day seems to really screw it up for us. I don't know. I don't know what Valentine's Day is supposed to be teaching us about love. I mean, on the one hand, it's kind of this romanticized, sentimental, you know, will you be my Valentine? Oh, Valentine, I love you so much. It's kind of this, you know, sentimental whatever thing. But then, like, like my boys uh, had to take the preschool, like, a Valentine for every kid in the class. You know, like, you love all the kids in your class. You love everybody. And so, like, what does this mean? So you love everybody. But then there's some people like special Valentine, or I, I don't know. And it's this weird, you know, love so often turns into this emotional thing for us, right? That love is just this, this feeling. It's something you can fall into, you know, love at first sight. All those romantic comedies, all those Hallmark movies. You know, it's a, it's a love at first sight kind of a thing, right? And you, like, you just have this rush of feeling. And the problem is that that rush of feeling like keeps rushing by and, go, and it leaves, you know, and people fall in love and they fall out of love and, and then people are wounded and, and, and it's a damaging thing for us when all of love is just this emotional rush or this emotional thing that happens to us that, uh, okay, I guess that's love, all right? It's no wonder that we get jaded by it or we just use it in all kinds of different ways, right? I mean, we talk about the things, that, the movies we love and the food that we love and the activities that we love and the people we love and, and it just kind of all turns into this weird amorphous things that we like, I guess. You click the like button for that and yeah, I love that, you know. Um, you hover for a little bit and you can actually make it say love and oh, I actually love that person or that comment or whatever. And what does that mean? Uh, I'm going to cheat again today. And, uh, and lean on a video from the folks at the Bible Project. Before we dive into some specific scriptures, they do such a great job of like in four or five minutes just giving that picture of like, well, here's what the Bible says about this concept, about this word. And so we're going to let the folks at the Bible Project talk to us about uh, love and the word for love that's used, especially in the New Testament. Uh, so if you've heard of Jesus, you probably know about one of his famous teachings called the Golden Rule. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. And this, actually, is a restatement of something else that Jesus said, that the meaning of life is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's really beautiful, but what does he mean exactly by the word love? It's an unclear word in English, because you can love your mom and you can love pizza. And if the word love means the same thing in both of those cases, your mom's going to feel real bad. So what did Jesus mean in his language? Well, first of all, this love your neighbor phrase is a quotation from the Hebrew scriptures, where the word for love is ahava. However, the language Jesus spoke and taught in from day to day was a cousin language of Hebrew, that is Aramaic, in which the word for love is rachma. But then, as Jesus' followers spread his teachings around the world, they translated them into Greek using the word agape. But here's what's fascinating. The earliest followers of Jesus who wrote the books of the New Testament in Greek, they didn't learn the meaning of agape by looking it up in ancient dictionaries. Rather, they looked to the teachings of Jesus and the story of his life to redefine their very concept of love. So one time, Jesus was asked about the most important command in the Jewish scriptures. And he first quoted from the ancient prayer in the Torah called the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So love for God is the most important thing. But then Jesus quickly followed up by saying another command from the Torah was also the most important, to love your neighbor as yourself. So which is the most important, loving God or loving your neighbor? Jesus' answer is yes. 
To ask the question means you don't get his point. For Jesus, they are two sides of the same coin. Your love for God will be expressed by your love for people, and vice versa, they're inseparable. And so this makes it clear that for Jesus, agape love is not primarily a feeling for someone else that happens to you, like our phrase, I fell in love. For Jesus, love is action. It's a choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. Jesus also went on to teach that genuine love for God and others means seeking people's well-being without expecting anything in return, especially from people who are in difficult situations who can't repay you even if they wanted to. According to Jesus, this kind of generous love reflects the very heartbeat of God. And he took this even further. Jesus said that the ultimate standard of authentic love is how well you treat the person that you can't stand. Or in his words, you shall love your enemy and do good to them, expecting nothing in return. For Jesus, this kind of enemy-embracing love imitates the very character of God himself. Now, we wouldn't be talking about Jesus still today if he had only said things like love your enemy. This is how he actually lived. Jesus was constantly helping and serving the people around him in very practical and tangible ways. And he consistently moved towards poor and hurting people who couldn't benefit him in return. He showed love for the forgotten ones, the people who usually fall through the cracks. And when Jesus eventually marched into Jerusalem, he made himself an enemy of the leaders of his people by accusing them of hypocrisy and corruption. But then instead of attacking his enemies to overthrow them, he allowed them to kill him. Jesus died for the selfishness and corruption of his enemies because he loved them. After Easter morning, Jesus and then his followers claimed that it was the power of God's love for the world that was revealed in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As the Apostle Paul put it, God demonstrated his own agape for us in this. While we were still sinners, the Messiah died for us. Or in the words of the Apostle John, God's own agape was revealed when he sent his one and only son into the world so that through him we could have life. And for John, then, this leads naturally to the conclusion, beloved ones, if that's how God has loved us, then we ought to show love for one another. So Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe is a being overflowing with love for his world which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out to others, creating an ecosystem of others-focused, self-giving love. And that's the New Testament meaning of agape love. Well, I love that little image at the end, this, uh, this ecosystem of self-giving love. I mean, that is what God desires to create through us as his love for us so permeates our lives and transforms the way that not only the way we relate to him, but the ways we relate to each other, that it transforms the world. This is how God is at work in the world today, transforming it by his love. He's transforming you and you and you and you by his love and me, transforming us by his love so that we then can turn around and love others. And again, this love is not just some fuzzy emotional thing, right? Uh, it is demonstrated. They quoted uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were enemies of God, Jesus did what he taught, right? He walked the walk. He, he didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. He loved his enemies. He loved you and me when we were enemies of God. And so that's why he can turn around and say we need to love our enemies, to do good to those who hate us, to bless those who curse us, pray for those who mistreat us. It's Luke chapter 6 where he says this. Because he has done it, 
And he wants us then to turn around and, and love our enemies, love our neighbors, even those who don't look like us, even those who don't vote like us, even those who are, those who are happy about the news out of Washington, D.C., and those who are frustrated by the news out of Washington, D.C., doesn't matter. We love them. Those whose lives look like ours, those whose lives look nothing like ours, those who make decisions that don't make any sense to us, and those who we would fit, you know, we're, you'd interchange us for them because we're living like identical lives. doesn't matter. We love our neighbors as ourselves. If we love God, if his love has changed our hearts, then this is what that will result in. And if we're not loving the people around us, again, not just emotionally like, oh, I have warm feelings for everyone around me. If we're not demonstrating that love, then the Bible says, hmm, maybe God's love hasn't sunk deep enough into our hearts. Maybe, maybe we haven't experienced God's love in, a, in the transforming way that we need to Yeah. I would encourage you, uh, if you're looking for something to read this afternoon, now that football's over, if you're, to, to go to 1 John. It's near the end of, the, of your Bible, uh, right before all the fun stuff in Revelation. There's 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, and Revelation. All right? So you can just go to the end and go back until you get to a, a letter that says 1 John. And uh, in chapters 3 and 4 especially, dives into this uh, idea of love. And though it's, it's throughout the whole book, uh, but in chapters 3 and 4, you really uh, see him focus in on it. Uh, in fact, the third chapter starts with, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. He doesn't just call us as kids, but he adopts us as his kids. This is an expression of God's love. Uh, he says a little bit later in chapter 3, he says, this is the message you heard from the beginning, from the very start of the book. And he goes all the way back to the beginning to the story of Adam and Eve and their kids, Cain and Abel. And uh, he says, we should love one another. Don't be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be surprised, my brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. He's kind of saying like, okay, this kind of gets repeated. What we read about there in Genesis. Cain wasn't doing what was right. Abel was, so Cain got jealous and killed him. And so he says, so don't be surprised if people around you don't understand. If people around you hate you, it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing something wrong. Now, it could mean you're doing something wrong. It could mean you're being a jerk, all right? If people around you hate you, you could just need to like... Take a fresh look in the mirror and see, am I really loving people around me or am, I, or am I being a jerk? But you can do everything right. I mean, Jesus did everything right and, and he got killed, right? So he says, don't be surprised that the world hates you. This is a pattern we've seen from the beginning. He says, but the message we've heard from the beginning is we should love one another. I can't think of the story of Cain and Abel without thinking of my boys, uh, twin boys, five years old now. And when we were trying to decide, we adopted them. And when they arrived, they had names that didn't have meaning for us and didn't really hold a lot of meaning for uh, the birth family either. And so we knew, okay, we're going to give them names that have meaning for us. And so we were looking to the Bible, of course, and we thought, okay, brothers, Bible names, brothers. And the first brothers in the Bible are Cain and Abel. We thought, okay, no, cross that off the list right away, right? Um, don't want one killing the other. You're like, where did, where did our names come from? Well, don't read that part. Um, we settled on David and Jonathan, best friends, you know, in the Bible, and we hope that they will, you know, continue to be best friends, and they, they do love each other. But uh, he says, from the beginning of the book, we see, like, the opposite of love, right? That one brother killing another. And then in verse 14, he says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. He says, this is evidence that what was dead in us has been made alive now by the the work of Jesus Christ, by his grace at work within us. That we have gone from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive because we love each other. He says, anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Oh, good. 
good because, you know, the greeting cards tell me one thing and the movies tell me something else. And, and uh, you know, we use the word love in all these different ways. I, I do love pizza and I do love my mom, right? But I mean different things by those. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He says, this defines love for us. Our, our King, our Lord, our Savior, willing to lay down his life for us. While we were still sinners, while we were his enemies, he was willing to die to give his life for me, for you, because he loved you. This was an expression of love. This wasn't just some cosmic, you know, like, well, God loves the world, and I know we, we hear that sometimes, and like, yeah, yeah, but I don't know if he loves me. You know, no, no, he loves you. He knows you. He loves you. Jesus laid down his life for us, not just for everybody, but for us, for you, for me. And so then he continues, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It's just like we saw in the video, right? The two most important commands, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Which one's more important? Yes, you know, like they, they're both important. They go together. You cannot separate them. He says that, uh, oh, now I'm going to, he, he comes back to that a few times there in 1 John chapters 3 and 4. Um, he, he goes ahead and spells it out for us, like laying down our lives for brothers and sisters, like, okay, so I got to go out there and die for people. Like, well, I mean, that could happen. You know, you could end up having to run out and, you know, push someone out of the way of a, of a bus or something, you know, and lay down your life for someone else. Or he says in verse 17 there of chapter 3, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Wow, okay, so if I, if I see someone in need and I could help, but I refuse to, saying, how could God's love be in me if I'm not loving this person? Like, okay, lay down my life. I'm not even willing to lay down like the tiny slice of my life represented by this money that's in my pocket, you know, that I, that I earned by working or whatever. And so that, that little bit of money represents a certain amount of time, a certain amount of energy, you know, that I earned that, that money. Or maybe I didn't even earn it. Maybe you just sat in a bank and it earned some interest and there's just extra money now because, because I you know, put it in a bank or invested it in stocks or whatever it might be. And uh, I didn't even have to work for that money, but I have this money and I'm not willing to part with it to meet a very real need of someone right in front of me. How can the love of God be in me if I'm not willing to do that? I'm certainly not willing to lay down my life. I'm not even willing to lay down this little tiny piece of my life represented by these, these dollars. It says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And that's where he says, look, this is not just words. <laughs> this is not just talk. Where we, where we like say we love each other, but we don't really show it by our actions. He gives that, like I said, that example of like having material possessions, seeing someone without, someone going hungry, someone going without shelter, someone in need, and saying like, oh, yeah, no, I, sorry, I was going to use this for extra for me uh, instead of meeting your base. That's one example. I mean, it might not be a slice of your time, of your life represented by dollars. It could be a slice of your life represented by some time. You know, being willing to listen to someone, to, to go out of your way to show someone that you care. You know, all the different ways that we can lay down our lives for those around us. He says, that's what love is. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. 
if I say, and I can say, and I do say, I say that I love you guys, you know, as part of my church, I love being your pastor, I love you, you know, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, there's nobody in this room I don't love, yeah, yeah, I love all of you guys, and uh, um, I don't know who's watching, so I can't speak for that, but I probably love all of you too. Um, Okay, so what does that look like then in real life? Am I willing to answer the phone when you call? Or am I just going to let it go to voicemail over and over and over and over again and never call back, you know? Am I willing to give you a little bit of time? Am I willing to share my resources? Am I willing to open my life up to you? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. In, uh, in chapter 4, he actually uh, wraps up the chapter by saying, we love because he first loved us. So we're able to love others because we have received love from God. His love has filled our hearts, has changed our lives, and so then we are able to love others. It says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. He's like, this one's certainly easier, right, to love someone that you can see that's right in front of you. He says, so you, you can't love God who you haven't seen if, you're not, if you don't love this person right in front of you. And he's given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. He says, our Lord has commanded this. These things go together. We love because he first loved us. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 says, this is how God showed his love among us. Again, it's something that he shows. He demonstrates. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then this verse blows my mind. I feel like I just talked about this, but I'm getting so confused by having to do those little, doing those little daily prayer videos. I forget, what did I say in one of those and what did I say on Sunday morning? So if I just said this like a couple weeks ago on Sunday, forgive me, all right? It blows my mind, this last verse, uh, verse 12 of 1 John chapter 4. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This just, like, I, this blows my mind. People who have never seen God, which is all of us, right? No one has ever seen God. We don't see God. You know, the people who walked in Jesus' day, who saw Jesus, they at least got to see Jesus, who perfectly revealed God to us. And he's saying, look, no one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. God walks in your shoes. God loves through you. God is made visible in your life as you love the people around you. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. It reaches its fulfillment. It becomes what it was always meant to be in us, in our lives as we love the people around us in all the different forms that that might take. Now, you've probably heard of the different, the five love languages, you know, and all the different ways that people express love and receive love, and it's different for all of us. Uh, I was asking this last Wednesday night at Bible study, like, how do you, can you tell me about a time when you, you knew you were loved? You know, like something happened, somebody did something, and you're like, oh man, this person really loves me. You know, and, and people shared different moments, different experiences. Um, uh, and because we're all wired up differently, it's different for all of us. You know, for some, it was a thoughtful gift, you know, and not that it was the gift itself, but it was that that shows that this person was thinking of me. 
that they know me and they care about me enough that, that they went out and they found something that was meaningful for me and they gave it to me and that helped them to feel like, man, they, they really do love me. Someone else described uh, uh, like a boyfriend who knew their work schedule and was willing to, you know, their work schedule is wonky and they're like, they, went, they paid attention to what my work schedule is so that they would know my life. And they, that showed that they cared about me, that they loved me because they were paying attention and they knew then when they could reach out and when to ask, hey, how was your day and all that because they knew when I was getting off work and, and that sort of a thing. Uh, so whether it, and it could be, I, I poked fun at the Valentine's Day cards earlier and maybe I shouldn't have, you know, because for some folks, that's, you know, that is a great way to express love and a great way to receive love and to know you're loved. You know, you get that handwritten note from someone that says, wow, this person was thinking of me, right? And they went out of their way. They, they wrote on a card. They put a stamp on it. They spent the money. Oh, good grief. How much do these things cost? This is ridiculous. Um, they, they spent the money. They took the time. They wrote me a note. They were thinking of me. They, they really do care about me. They really do love me. We could probably all afford to do more of that. I could afford to do more of that. Okay, I'll just talk to myself here. All the different ways that we can show each other that we love each other and show even our enemies that we love them. I loved that little moment in the video. You know, like the enemy was the person sitting next to him at the bar who's like, you know, blowing smoke in their face. And they're like, <laughs> here, you know, have, have the pretzels or the nuts or whatever it was that was on the table, on the bar, you know. And they're like, oh, thanks, you know. Went out of there. Just a simple little expression of love, of caring for someone else, even someone who's not uh, treating us very well. All the different ways that we love. As we do this, God's love God lives in us. His love is made complete in us. So I want you just to think for a minute. You know, maybe you need to think about ways that you have felt loved. You know, maybe that will help you to get your head in the right space for this. You know, remind yourself that, yeah, you know what? God really has loved me. God really has watched out for me. He has cared for me. He has, he has protected me. He's guided me. He's strengthened me. He's, you know, given me what I need. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you want to think of some people in your life who have loved you, and you want to just, you know, you need to text them thanks right now. You know, like, oh, yeah, sitting in church, and we're talking about ways we've experienced love, and, and man, you came to mind, and uh, thank you for being so gracious toward me or being so kind or whatever it might be, and you need to thank them. And, and, but don't just let that stop there with, like, receiving that love and being thankful that you have been loved, right? Because if that then doesn't flow through us, if God's love doesn't continue the journey, you know, and, like, kind of complete the loop, and make its way to other people that, that need his love, then we're, we're missing something. You know, if we are choosing uh, to not express that love toward others, well, are we telling the truth then when we say that God's love is in us? Are we telling the truth when we say that we love them if we never ever show it by our actions? If we're not willing to lay down a little slice of our life to make that phone call, to send that note, to give that little bit of time, to give that little bit of resources, a little bit of extra God's blessed us with. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is what God wants to do on this Valentine's Sunday and every other day is for us to experience his love and to extend it to others. It's... Um, it's an amazing thing to be used by God. It's an amazing thing to be a part of that loop, to be a part of that, that uh, process, that, that flow of God's love, you know. It's an amazing thing when it doesn't just stop with you, but when it flows through you into the lives of others. Um, I know we say, because the Bible says it, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? Uh, 
that giving something away is better than, than just receiving something. And there's the thing, we're always receiving. We're always receiving. And if we never give, then we, it just kind of stops and it stacks up there and it just kind of gets ugly and gross, you know. But if we, I'm thinking of like water that gets stagnant there. Sorry, you're not, you're not in my head to know what picture I'm thinking of right there. Sorry. Uh, you know, when the water just stops there, then it just kind of, you know, stuff starts to grow on top and it gets filmy and it gets nasty and, you know. But if the water continues to flow, if, if God's love flows through us into the lives of others, we're always receiving from it. If we let that flow through us, if we, then, then it can be a beautiful life-giving thing. I'm just going to say it one more time. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Let's allow God to make his love complete in us by loving the people around us, even our enemies. Okay, we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing, and then we're going to celebrate this love in the sacrament of communion. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. God, there might be some of us right now who are here in the room or who are participating online who uh, we just have a trouble, we have trouble with that part, with knowing that we're loved by you. And so, God, I pray that right now by your Holy Spirit that you would break through all the, the walls that we have put up, break through all the scars that have, have attached themselves to our hearts uh, as we have uh, experienced the, the wounds of not being loved, of having people not be faithful in their love toward us. God, we have, some of us have built up some pretty thick calluses around our hearts, and, and we need you to, to pierce through that today. And to help us to be able to trust that this really could be true, that you love us. God, you have demonstrated this love. These are not empty words. So would you help us, God, to accept the reality of this, to be able to see it, that you love us. And this is why, Lord Jesus, you came. It's why you gave your life. You laid down your life for us. Help us in this moment to know ourselves as loved by you, God. And as that love takes root in our hearts, as that love changes the ways that we think, as that love transforms our view of ourselves, God, would you, would you help this love also to then transform our views of the people around us. People that we have perhaps overlooked, people we have been willing to cruise right past, people that perhaps have, have made themselves our enemies. God, would you help us to see all the people around us in a new light because of your transforming love? God, we, we want to be transformed by your love. We want to be a part of this ecosystem of self-giving love that you are creating, this kingdom of God. So would you help us, God, not to lie to ourselves, not to settle for less than what you want for us, not to settle for a life of being loved by you and being loved by others and, and maybe loving people who have already loved us, but God, would you help us to be initiators of love? Would you help us to be 
to be those who, because you have loved us, we are going to go out of our way to love the people around us. Show us the ways that we can lay down our lives for them, God. So that they can know that they are loved by you. Just as you have met us where we are, would you help us to meet them where they are? Would you help, just like, just like you came to us, Jesus, would you help us to go to them, to not wait for them to come to us asking questions, but God, would you help us to go to them, to show them love in whatever form that needs to take so that they can hear it and believe it, to know that they're loved by us, and then maybe be open to the idea that they might be loved by you. Thank you, God. Thank you that out of love for us, you gave your son, Jesus Christ. We celebrate this amazing gift in the sacrament of communion. We offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood, demonstrating your love for us while we were still sinners, while we were your enemies, Lord Jesus. You demonstrated your love for us in this. We offer you ourselves today, God, as broken and messed up and unloving as we are. We offer you ourselves and pray that by the transforming power of your Holy Spirit, that we might be transformed by your love, that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, broken, poured out for the world. Thank you, God. Thank you for the amazing love you've shown us in Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you're at home and you need to gather some bread, some juice, you've got, you know, as long as a song to, uh, to gather those things together. And then we're going to celebrate communion together. Amen. Well, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, as he prepared to, to go and to give his life for us, he was with his disciples, he took bread and he gave thanks, gave it to him and said, this is my body, broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat. After supper, he took the cup gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, drink this, all of you. This, this represents the new agreement between God and humanity. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. Thank you, God, for not just telling us of your love, not just shouting it at us from the sky or through a prophet, but you came and demonstrated your love. Lord Jesus, you laid down your life for us. Help us as your followers, as 
people guided by our King and your amazing love, would you help us to live in this world laying down our lives for others? Now, you're going to show us what that means. There's going to be a moment this week, I believe, for each and every one of us, where you're going to nudge us by your Holy Spirit and say, here it is. This is the moment. You get to lay your life down just in this little, this little sliver of your life. You get to love this person right here, right now. Help us, God, to be tuned into your Holy Spirit so that in that moment, we will be able to lean into the, the strength that you provide, the love that you have given us so that it can overflow from us into their life. And we can be a part of this grand ecosystem of self-giving love. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.